0: All right.
1: Yeah, so let's start it off. Let's Need start it
0: off. Well, before we start introing and making it all, all fun, dude. Why did
1: you put me through that this morning? Yeah. Listen, I didn't put you through anything. You decided to add two more forty-five plates. I was trying to take it easy. You were, I think you you were showing off or something. I don't know, but
0: I had to, man. I had to impress because, like, it really sets the standard for the podcast. You know, I got to show you, like, you know, this guy can work out in the gym. You know, it's he's not messing around.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. If you if you can uh, do four plates and you can do a successful podcast, <laughs> that makes sense.
0: That's on leg press, guys, not on bench or anything. So I'm sure most of you could do it too, but. <clears throat> hello guys thank you for tuning in to the more than the numbers podcast this is a show where we'll dive into the stories of people overcoming financial insecurity showing the different paths that people take to become wealthy And overall, just how to live a more purposeful life. So if you enjoyed listening to the show, please show some support. Give us a five-star review and leave a comment of your favorite part of the pod. Also, please share it to anyone that you know that feels stuck and that needs some uplifting or needs some help to get their finances in order. We're really just trying to help as many people as we can with these stories. Uh, God bless all of you. And yeah, just enjoy the show. Today we introduce Hugo Leva, a real estate agent, Airbnb host, and professional photographer. In this episode, we reflect on the challenges we had of growing up in a low-income neighborhood and the effects that it had on our mindsets. Hugo also talks about what it's really like to be an Airbnb host and how he has grown his photography business over the years. Lots of stories and takeaways in this episode, so make sure to listen to it the whole way through. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome everyone to the More Than The Numbers podcast. I have an amazing guest today, maybe uh, the one that I known for the longest. I, I maybe was in diapers probably. When I met this guy, my, my good old neighbor, we reconnected, I don't know a couple of months back and finally just the time is right. Yep. God is good. The time is right and so welcome man. Welcome Thank to you welcome so much. to yeah, coming. It's an
1: honor to be here. I think it's been 6 months actually since we met up uh it was at the golden road brewery i believe it's been six months i think so damn yeah this was back in summer well, we were kind of flirting before that though i right? think so for a little bit like i was like
0: sending like little like hearts you were, you were and definitely playing hard again i was like little smileys
1: here and there i'm like yeah. dude maybe
0: we could like rekindle the love that we once had, and then had.
1: at some point I kind of stopped caring, and that's when you were like, "All right." Let's oh yeah, I was like, "Let's just like." That's start. usually how it is. Yeah.
0: No, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but no, bro. So yeah, Hugo Leva, thank you for coming on. All right, man, and and so <clears throat> right now, where we, what's up?
1: Give us a little intro. Of what, what you got going on right now? Oh, man, what isn't going on? A lot is going on. Um, so something new. I just recently got my real estate license. Hey. Uh, this was back in September. Um, huge milestone. That's something that I've actually been meaning to do for the past couple of years. And it's just always kind of been put to the side, either because of finances, or just life events. But I finally did it. A little little plug here. But I actually was the first one to finish the test. And I finished in half the time. Whoa. I literally thought that I failed. This is from a class? No, this was for the the, uh, real estate test when I took it
0: no but i know but you said so you finished in half the time with the rest of the
1: whoever was in there with. yeah you? so basically um it's 150 questions and they give you three hours and so i finished in an hour and a half and when i walked out i was like dude i failed this you felt it you failed uh, it I, it was really hard i'm not gonna lie it was pretty hard um prior to that i had studied for like maybe two weeks but like back to back consistently like every single day eight hours like i had a ton of flashcards but yeah, I was in the room and the first question I was like, "Oh my god, this is very hard." And um I did my best, finished in half the time, and I was like, "I either miserably failed this or I somehow miraculously passed this." And sure enough, um when I walked out and she she gave me the letter. She was like, "Oh, you can open this outside the building." Oh, they do it right then and there? They do. They gave it to you right there and then. Yeah. And so, uh, she gave me the letter and, um, I wasn't going to wait till I saw the building. And I got into the elevator, opened it and it was like, congrats. And it was like,
0: wow. Oh my God. Huge. Thank God, yeah. dude. Man. And so the worst part is like, dude, imagine like having to re-study all this stuff again and it, it, like go back. Yep. I like, when I did my NMLS test too, I was just like, during it, you start thinking that like, there's no way I can be doing this again. Mm-hmm. Like how many
1: questions was that one?
0: Dude, it's, I don't even know. It was long. It yeah. was like three hours. Yeah. But that one, yeah, it sucked. I, I made it by yeah. like one point. But how, did you see you did pretty well
1: on that one? Uh, they actually don't give you, when oh, you pass, they don't give good. you like, I, like, that's uh, kinda good. That's kind of good. I don't want to know, pass. dude. Just, just, just yeah. get me out of here, bro. Let me start, <clears throat> yeah, start the I was, business. I was so relieved when I passed it. So I was like, wow, this is great. But, anyways, all that to say is basically I'm a realtor now. I'm with Keller Williams in Beverly Hills. Oh, wait, um, what was that? Where is it at again? Keller Williams in Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. my God. It sounds that? nice, but the fees that they charge are dumb. So I've actually been reconsidering. No, but most of my audience, they're all
0: locals of Beverly Hills. So, you know, if you guys need an, an extra agent, you know, this
1: is the guy. Uh, yep. I'm, yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, they don't really tell you how hard it is, it's going to be after you pass. Um, it's still honestly studying a lot. Oh, you're um, still studying. Wait, what? You're still studying because basically, what you when you when you study for the test, right? It's all fundamentals, f- fundamentals. But after that, you still you you still gotta somehow know the, the market, you know where the rates are. You still have to develop uh, personal skills with clients. Um, you still have to study scripts. Um, you have to you have to know which brokerage you want to work for. Um, mainly, I chose that brokerage because they have an amazing training program. And so I wanted to get up to speed as fast as possible. Um, so that's kind of Keller Williams, one, right? Keller Williams. Keller Williams. Yeah. Is that a, uh,
0: they have, is it national? It's a franchise. Oh, so they it's national. So they've got, that's pretty good to yeah. start off with. Cause if you were to start off with like an independent one, like who knows yeah. what kind of training that you would get, right?
1: Um, yeah. Some of the more uh, smaller ones, like the boutique uh, brokerages, they don't offer any training program. Yeah. It's more, mostly for people who have already experienced. So you go in there and, you know, kick ass commission spits are usually better on that ones too. But
0: so did you, did you choose to go with like, was this the whole
1: game plan to go Beverly Hills or I knew from the very beginning that I wanted to tap into the luxury space, um, just cause I, I, I mean, that's where the money's at. And to be honest, it's just like kind of the environment I want to be in, um, growing up as as, i mean you know we came from the hood and so for me the idea of you know luxury always was this like out of reach reality and i really said my heart you know what like one day i'm actually going to tap into this this space and i'm gonna walk with confidence until i do and that's crazy
0: no that's crazy that you say that because there are some like like, for me, when I started working at my first part time job, mm-hmm. I just started buying stuff Yeah, because you just have the, like, it's like the hole that's in there of like, damn, I didn't get to have, this. I didn't get to have this shirt. I didn't get to have whatever, like go on the trip. So I'm doing it. And then of course you learn the hard way. That's like, oh my God, you can't be freaking going
1: ham all the time. Nope. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get into that. That's how I got into that. Actually, <laughs> I did a lot of stupid mistakes that so I'm still kind of recovering from, but yeah that's no that's but it's like but um it, that's,
0: that's that's good i didn't know that that was
1: where it came from though. yeah it's making that's making that that's where it came from but aside from being an agent i also do photography and videography so i actually have a company with my wife um we do weddings engagement couples and then i also do real estate photography slash videography and shout that out man so it's not just you don't just do
0: it too i like I, when i first saw I'm like because i heard that that you were doing photography and I looked at it, I'm like, dude, this is not like regular photos. Like, I don't know. You've got a very modern, it's kind of like futuristic and clean, like very, oh, I appreciate that. lighting. It's yeah. just, it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so. I remember like asking you like, dude, you maybe should do my house. Like when I was putting my rooms for rent and when he told me like, no, it would be fine. Like, yeah. no, but yeah. like, you've got a distinct style that, and you, yeah. you can see it through, you know, your, your page and profile. And like, so you've got a knack for that. But I remember, but from back then too, you were always into artsy kind of yeah. stuff. So I could definitely see that. So you got, okay. So you got the real estate, uh, you're going to be, you're now a new agent in Beverly Hills. You got the photography business uh, and what else do you guys
1: got? So I have one more thing and it's uh, I'm an Airbnb host. So I've been doing that for about three years now. Um, I started with, I actually, I started all this because, or the Airbnb business because one of my cousins, uh, she was in that space with her ex-husband now. Um, But um, she basically just showed me the numbers and I was like, holy crap, like these numbers are really nice. And so. What numbers are we talking, man? Like, I mean, I don't, I can't recall how many units she had, but she was making like a hundred K. What? Yeah. And so I was like, wow, like this is crazy, but obviously I didn't have money. So I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? And so my dad, um, I was like, you know, telling him, (laughs) Hey, we should get into this, uh, into this space as well. And so it, it honestly didn't take too much convincing because um, obviously he saw the numbers too and he's like, let's do it. He's also an agent too. So. He was also an agent too. So he, he saw the numbers, made sense. And I was like, all right, cool. So we partnered up, got into the whole Airbnb space and we started with two units in downtown Florida. It was oh. like legitimately like 10, 12 minutes away from Disneyland. It was, it was really good because we had traffic year round. Uh, the only thing is that the apartments that we were in, it was not. They were renovated. They were they were actually really really nice. Uh, but the 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 neighborhood neighborhood that they were in was was pretty bad. And so we kept getting bad reviews, mo- mostly because there was no parking and people throwing parties and just like feeling sketched out. So that went on for about two years until we were like, all right, this is like more stress than we 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 want in our lives and we actually pulled out um but we have we had four up to last month um but now we have we have three airbnbs running and i'm still looking for more
0: cool so because i'm dumb and i don't know anything about this space like how does that make sense? Like how, so it's an apartment, but you don't own the apartment, right? Yeah. And so, so the explain, mo- explain to me, like I'm a freaking second. Yeah. yeah. Founder. So
1: it's really not that complicated, um, as it sounds, but it's, it's technically it's called a rental arbitrage. And so basically what you do is you go up to landlords and you just has, you say, Hey, I have this business plan. You have a perfect apartment and I would like to lease it, but I would want to sublease it through Airbnb. hmm and then you kind of list some pros and cons. Some of the pros is like your your unit, your apartment will always be clean. If it's not, it's it, it doesn't benefit me. So that's one. Um you have you know security protocols, you screen every single guest that goes in. There's insurance that is placed on behalf of Airbnb. Mm um there's a lot of pros the only i guess con um i guess you can say is that you do have you know every some of some bad apples where they do throw parties they trash place. but at the end of the day i'm the one responsible for fixing it not you and so it's kind of how we pitched to the uh, landlord of the fullerton apartment and he was like shoot okay and he actually was like we have a second one available like you can take it uh, and we're you in your head we you're like, man, why is this? This seems a little too easy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So just to give you an idea. So those apartments we were renting, uh, I believe it was like 1700s and we were, we were coming up with like 35 to 4,000. Yeah. And that it was about double of what you could have.
0: Wait. So you, so you were, you were profiting. Yeah. about whoa, like more double, than double. Yeah. Double.
1: That's crazy, yeah. but yeah. it was just too much work so it was a- too much work, and then obviously, like with with the hospitality, uh you fully dependent on the reviews, and so the reviews are kind of coming down and the thing with that is that if you keep getting bad reviews, Airbnb actually shuts you down completely damn so we so- were like either we pull out of this and kind of you know go somewhere else or we keep going and potentially just like was that the first one? Out
0: the first cool. airbnb that you got was that or yeah. the first rental couple yeah so but that was a good learning obviously it was an took.
1: amazing learning experience yeah i've to be honest i think i can really attribute that whole season of spe- specifically with those apartments to the way i've handled stress Whoa. Because when I, and and my wife can attest to this because when i first started i kid you not i would get messages like at 2 a.m 3 a.m people saying like hey I locked myself out or, Hey, like we need this totally got clogged and I would get so stressed out and it was just like really taking a toll on my body. And I I was getting sick like every other week and I was insane. And then, you know, through, through experience, you start to gain callous and you don't stress out as much. So I feel like now I, I hardly stress out like at
0: all now. That's good. No, that's always life, man. But, uh, so like what? what were the main issues that they were having and like how I know you did more in the future. Like what were like some things that you did to kind of like prevent them or.
1: Um, I think screening, uh, just being more like, uh, for, for example, uh, when you're an Airbnb host, you can actually require guests to have reviews, like good reviews before they book with you. Mm. Uh, another one is that they have a government ID, um, a phone number, email, and obviously their name and a profile picture. So, like you can ask all of that yeah. uh, prior to them even inquiring yeah. and yeah, there's a lot of pro- like protocols that you can do to prevent. There's also this thing called noise aware. It's you literally just plug it in into an outlet and it measures the decimals inside the, the, the space. And if it gets, if it peaks at a certain level, it, you get a notification on your phone Whoa. indicating that they're being too loud. And so I, um, uh, what's it called? uh quiet time is anything after 10 p.m yeah so after 10 p.m you get that notification like hey you message them you'd be like you guys need to so what
0: would you say like who's your ideal clientele like if you're trying to rent like obviously like if it's downtown fullerton like i already know families i already know who's coming in downtown fullerton We got yeah it's crazy you
1: you get your it it was very extreme you either get like very nice families that are just like tourists coming into disneyland or you get the party people who are literally going to downtown Fullerton or just like want to get like go away and party. And
0: yeah, I feel bad, man. Because I mean, I think we've we pulled that a couple of times. Man. I mean, we go we like we went to the, the Drake concert and we rented out the Airbnb. We're like, oh, no, it's going to be a few friends, you know? Yeah. Hey, know. Listen. <laughs>
1: I I've been on the other other side of it too. I I get it, but it's just a headache being no
0: a host. No, no. So I'm saying, from a business, for, it's a it, at the end of the day, it's a business. We're trying to make money, so like it's also uh, it's just part of it, right? And yeah, so, but that's that's kind of what you learn. And then families are the are the thing to do. Ah, okay. So you you did that for a couple of years. When did you first open up your photography
1: business, or when did you even think to start doing that? Dang. Like, so. This was like, honestly, when Instagram was first popping off and I can't even, I can't even pinpoint the year. Um, but I was a banker back then and I was still doing college. I was a full-time student and, um, I was hiking a lot back then. And so I bought this or it was, I didn't even buy my, I think my dad gave me like this Canon T2i. It was like the, you know, like a basic Basic camera. And so anytime that I would go hiking, I would just go and take pictures. And that was just the thing. And I would post it on Instagram. My whole Instagram was dedicated to like landscape photography. Really. And finally I had, or oh, actually it started with the whole, I, I, I don't know if you remember this, um, but the Instagram meetups where it was like, kind of like photography walkthroughs. No, but anyway, that's- it, it was this whole creative movement back then. And basically I joined a couple of my friends joined too. And yeah, we started getting into like portrait photography. And so I was doing that. And then finally I had this friend, uh, her name was Shawnee. And she was like, Hey, Hugo, I'm getting married. Um, I love your, your pictures. Um, like, would you, would you be interested in shooting my, my wedding? And I was like, Holy shit. Like I've never done a wedding, but this might be a good, you know, uh, another good Avenue to get into. Yeah. And so I, I went about it, I feel like pretty smart because I knew I didn't have the skills, right? I didn't have any. Did you know that you had skills or no? I BS'd it. I was like, I'll do it. I'm good. But, <laughs> but well, she just knew that like,
0: Oh, you kind of, she do, knew that I knew photography.
1: Do. Okay. And, and my portraits didn't suck. I would say they were pretty good, but wedding is a whole different thing. And like, mind you, like you can't miss moments. Like that's, that's someone's, that's a lot of pressure. pressure. I didn't even think about that. But what I did was I had a couple of friends who were already in the wedding industry and they've been doing it for like a year or two. Basically I hired them and I charged as if I was an expert If she's watching this, she's going to be so mad, but, um, uh, what's called basically (laughs) I. I charged and majority of that money. I just literally like hired my friends and they pretty much took over. Oh. And so like, I was like a third photographer, but I was like mostly learning from them, but the photos came out and I used it for my portfolio. uh, However, the the work came out and literally like from those photos, yeah, everything came about and I actually did it. I I enjoyed like, like quite literally like from the very first wedding, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I just kept doing it. Yeah. That's good to hear. Cause so many
0: people are like, oh, I want to start a w- photography business or a wedding business. And then you think you have the skills to do it and you don't, you just have to yeah. get in. Right. Like, yeah,
1: I think I, uh, being a guy in the wedding industry was really difficult too. Oh yeah. I think, I, think I, I had a lot of challenges, um, being in that industry, being a dude and being a wedding photographer. Cause like, i mean you right you're you're freshly engaged if you're gonna hire a photographer would it be a a girl or would it be a guy honestly i never even thought about most people say girls really i i'm not kidding yeah most most people want women
0: i don't know wow no i mean i well my mom's a photographer so it's like i just delegate i'm like you find the photographer i don't know how to do this just as long as the pictures come out
1: good which honestly i don't blame because women have more of like that tender caring feeling i agree right as opposed to men where they can be a little more aggressive and that's just obviously stereotypes but yeah it's a lot of challenges but um obviously when the clients you know when we work together they're like oh wow like you're very gentle but still very kind of like firm with like directing Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been six years now since I've been yeah, in the wedding a,
0: industry. That's good, man. Yeah. I'm glad that you kept on doing it and just, and, and the cool thing is, is that you honestly, you like it, right? You're I like- love it.
1: I genuinely love it. I think I love it more because I love connecting with people, uh, specifically couples. You actually learn a lot about love, the way they care for each other, their different cultures and how that, like, you know, uh, how they interpret love. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I love it.
0: Yeah. My my mom was telling me, cause like I said, she's a photographer too. When she sees the, also the bad side too, sometimes oh, of that, yeah. like there's, there's times where she'll do family portraits and she's like, okay guys, like everyone come together, like just, you know, put your hands over. And it's like, people start stiffening mm-hmm. up and you they look uncomfortable and it's like, you can tell there's like years of suppression of emotion yes. and just like, and in that moment it's like, so awkward and weird mm-hmm. and my mom just like goes full in because my you know my mom she's very like caring and like she knows that she wants them to you know reconnect mm-hmm. so she'll put on better like good music and really encourage them to like no see
1: it's cool yeah. I, I think that is what differentiates a good photographer and a bad photographer right of a, a good photographer will make the space feel like like, you don't have to put a mask on. Um, all those feelings, like you said, they just come out in the open. Yeah. And that's what I feel like differentiates a good photographer versus a bad one. But you
0: have you seen some, like... And that
1: takes experience,
0: though. So have you seen some, like, bad,
1: like, weird situations? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Situations? I mean, like, I was there the first couple of times that I did a shoot by myself without hiring <laughs> anyone else. Dude, I was I was like, all right, just stand there. And they'd be, like, just looking at me. And I'd be looking at them, like, all right, do something, right? And I, in my head, I was like, you guys are the ones who are supposed to, like, pose... yourselves i didn't know that as a photographer i was really like the one in charge of that
0: yeah you're like you're like blaming them right i'm blaming them i'm like (laughs) these people suck they're so awkward but dude that's funny so we're like look at this man you're doing all these different types of businesses like what brought about that entrepreneurial spirit or mind like because you could have just easily you you, what what did you go to school for in, in cal state fullerton
1: uh dude so i actually don't know how i got my creative side i really really don't i went to school i feel like ever since i became a freshman i just wanted to be a cop and that was literally like the vision i went to school for it went to college for it i graduated um cal state fullerton with my uh bachelor's in administration justice and the whole idea was to be a cop become a detective and kind of just you know climb up the, the ladder and that was it. That was my vision for five years. And I tried. I tried really, really hard. I would apply to, uh, I, I applied, I think, to a good dozen agencies. And just it just never worked out for whatever reason. Why, why did you want to become a cop? I, I always, I mean, you know me. I, I was an adrenaline junkie. Um, and now, in retrospect, it's probably the best that I didn't become a cop. Really? I think I would have put myself in danger unnecessarily. And I think that God was actually looking out for me because your boy was wild. Yeah, yeah. I've tamed down a lot, but I think I think that being a cop wouldn't have ended up good for me.
0: So you, but so where where do you what made you want to go down that? So it's just like you wanted to get in. You want to get in the pursuits, the the chases. I think for me, like, what, honestly, what was it, it was
1: just always the whole like flight versus or what is it? Flight, ver- flight versus. Fight versus flight. That, that. So for me, whenever, you know, there was danger, and this might sound so silly, but like if one of my friends were getting jumped, I would go help. No, I wouldn't run the other way. If there was someone on the street that needed help, I would help them. And it was just like this natural instinct that I had, like this inclination to help people regardless of the danger. And so that's kind of what started you know manifesting in my, in my mind i was like hmm maybe i should be a cop like maybe this is what i'm meant to do if it comes so naturally maybe this is just the path that i'm supposed did, to be did take. you
0: think that though of like because you you were aware at the time of that like you were a helper and you like to go mm-hmm. you know be in those situations is that so you did think that through or was it
1: just kind of like no i definitely th- thought it through um but i think the I, th- I think a big thing too was just that i had so much energy i had a lot of like i like i actually did like adrenaline yeah um and obviously being a cop like you know you go through a lot of moments that put you through a lot of adrenaline no definitely and i and
0: i it's a huge accomplishment man i'm really proud of you for all that you're doing right now with your businesses and then first of all even just graduating because man where we came from i mean i wouldn't have put the best odds on that you know right (laughs) Like I know, we I and I've introduced it, introduced the concept before in my other podcast that uh, of that I'm from Hacienda Heights. But as we were kind of talking where we were eating breakfast, like Hacienda Heights is kind of known for like it's a nicer area. But
1: tell to, to give give everyone the perspective of where we grew up, man. Listen, we grew up in Hacienda Heights just because that's what is said on you know on our, our address. But I, I honestly would say we grew up in La Puente. In la puente like if for those of for those of you who don't know it's pretty bad and i think it's still pretty bad i'm not sure how it is now but back then it was pretty bad there was two big rival gangs that would always you know be fighting um but we we didn't grow up you know in the nice area of hustling heights unfortunately but it also taught us a lot no yeah it taught us a lot
0: yeah so just to give everyone perspective where we're at so there's a freeway and then it's our house is right there. And then there's a back alley right behind our houses where sometimes it, it'd go down, you know, with, the, with these gangs. You can kind of hear it, but we're... I, I, we grew up kind of... Insul- or I did, at least, insulated by my grandparents who were, like, really just friendly with everyone. So we never had any issues. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, you can hear it. Like, you know, it's like, are those fireworks or are they not fireworks, you, you know? You like, never know. You never know. So uh, do you think that's where you... Got your mindset about, you know, wanting to, cause I know that was for me. I wanted to get out of that. So that kind of made me so, uh, aware and, and, and wanting to work on myself to just do everything that I can to get out. Mm. Is that kind of what, what you had? Absolutely. To a
1: little bit? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't, I can't say that I wanted to necessarily be at a, like a certain place. I just knew that growing up there is, is not what I envisioned myself yeah. in for too long. Um, but yeah, we, uh, after we moved from Hacienda Heights slash La Puente, uh, we actually, we actually moved to, uh, Pomona, oh. but it was like a nicer, it was a nicer area of Pomona. Um, and then from there we moved to, uh, and, and by we, I, I mean, me and my parents, um, moved to Diamond Bar and so once i got to diamond bar that's when i actually experienced like the nice neighborhoods and i was like wow this is beautiful and for the first year it was then i got bored like i'm telling you i felt like i was in a cage and back then i had a lot of friends in la so i would consistently go to la a lot yeah and that's when i was like damn i think i want to live in la just because like, it has more. There's more energy. There's more movement, more energy. Ironically enough, I was trying to get away from my summer heights because of all like the, the violence and stuff. But now Bro, being in L.A., I'm back in it. Tell
0: me. Tell it, me why I the same thing happened to me. So, you know, that motivation. I want to get out where did I end up going. Newport Beach. Amazing. You know, it's the, the ideal place in the world to go to best climate. You're right on the beach it's so quiet kids are, are you know they're just walking around the sidewalks like and you could with their families but it's different like there was just no there's no vibes anywhere it's so cold like it's, it's, it's like too quiet it's, it's too quiet, quiet yeah. and so now they come into Santa Ana, i'm like this <clears throat> is a much better fit for me because it's like you still everyone's more festive they're you know so, it is what it is. It's it's more Hispanic culture, yeah. and we're, we're and and as a total, I think there's a little bit more flavor, and they're just outside, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll take. Tenino is a good good spot. So yeah, going up, growing up, man, because we spent a lot of years together. Like a lot of, and I have some of my best memories back there where we we're at. Um, even though you know, it, it, and that's the thing about it about your childhood and where you grew up. There's a lot of joys a lot of, you know, ups and downs, but, uh, but yeah, so I kind of gave the the story about myself, you know, and you remember how it was back in my house. I had my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my grandparents, parents, I lived in the garage. Um, it was where we grew up. Uh, so give, give some context about like what a a regular day looked like for us when we were what, I don't know, eight to 10, eight to like, Oh, maybe even earlier, like five to like 14.
1: Before I get into that, actually, um, on your previous podcast, you talk about how your garage was like super packed and things like that. I loved your garage, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first day you got your Macintosh. let go. See, there you go. Do you remember your Macintosh? Yes, sir. Bro, I would die to go into your garage to play that baseball. I forget, Backyard. Backyard baseball, oh, bro. Oh my God, dude. Those memories are like out yeah, And that remember. was the new technology back
0: then. Remember the, the new Macs? But they were like...
1: They what, were so like, bulky. Fat like that. Yeah they were super bulky but anyway circling back to your to your question yeah we had i feel like we had very different uh ways of growing up i feel like um obviously you had your family i feel like you experienced more of like that wholesome family feel yeah and i was more so like because like my dad he worked a lot and he wasn't really present um, I think at some point he was working like two jobs, like, you know, yeah. doing his thing, but I mostly grew up with my sister and my my mom. Right? Yeah. I remember that. So, but yeah, I, I, I remember I, I, we, I mean, we were, we were poor. Um, we couldn't really go out too much. Uh, my dad was working like six days a week and that's when your family like started kind of providing that, um, family like feel that i truly never experienced really yeah like i remember I when you I remember, I, I remember so when you guys took me to the zoo yeah that meant so oh, yeah, much to pictures me. that was my first time at the zoo my, at the zoo i think or second time yeah but, no i remember and then after that we went to like this like burger restaurant it was it was really, really no you could do it was like yeah.
0: you, we just brought you guys along like you yeah. and, and Lindsay, we were just like oh yeah we're going here like what are you guys doing like yeah, I so. will
1: say one thing, though, in retrospect, I think the fact that you encouraged my my parents to put me in Little League actually, like, might have saved my life. Why? Because I feel like I was a very troublesome kid, right? I had a lot of, I feel like, complications. Maybe, shoot, I don't even know if I had some sort of, like, mental uh, or, or learning I think you had, like, I would
0: say, like, you would have, like, kind of ADHD, like, a lot I, of I think energy. So, I
1: actually haven't, till this day um gone to the doctors to see if i have it or not yeah but i'm pretty sure i do because yeah. i really really struggled in school and that was like something that i really like felt a lot of shame because i was like damn like do i just am i just dumb but yeah we'll talk about that mindset. Yeah, yeah but basically um <clears throat> where was i at what was i talking about so we were talking about how
0: we we're kind of connected with going to <laughs> different <about> places <laughs> and then and then now know that you were growing up in that um yeah. You were saying that you would lose kind of focus. Oh yeah.
1: About how, uh, your parents encouraged my parents to get into yeah, it literally. Literally. So, yeah. So as, as a kid, I, I really attribute me getting into sports as an outlet to kind of like all my energy and, and everything out and also to form discipline. I, I truly think that all the dip- discipline that I have today comes from me being in sports. Yeah. And the thing is, if I wouldn't have got into sports, like if your parents wouldn't have influenced my mom or my dad, I don't know who it was, yeah. but I I don't think they would have ever put me through anything, and I feel like I would have just gone and got myself in trouble. You know. Well, we
0: know our neighbors. Well, we we were just talking about. It. We don't want to get into specifics, but like easily we could have fell into that had we a, a had we had we just not been pushed a little bit in the direction of like school or sports, because mm-hmm. how easy was it just to walk outside and like, Oh, like another friend. No, and like- super
1: easy. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like even after like in high school, <clears throat> I would, um, I, I, I had, what's it called? Sports right after school. So I didn't have too much time on my hands to kind of do things that I would have gotten in trouble for. Yeah. Um, I do remember getting into skating, um, and skating. I really do attribute a lot to like, you know helping me with building i don't know like f- friends um but also like it was an avenue for me again to just like put my energy into yeah
0: practice get better yeah. you know i remember you lo- you love to skate and you were always around the block skating well, we did everything like scootering too, bikes. But I remember skating was something that you did for a long time. Mm-hmm. I suck at those sports, so I—I I mean, I tried it, but like I would always be left behind, and you guys would just be way ahead on the. Like, yeah. Your thing was basketball. You were always really
1: good at basketball. Yeah, and that's the one sport that I suck at. No,
0: but but I I do remember we were on the same team in baseball, man. My dad was the coach. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And actually, like a lot of those kids, I remember like they actually got really really good in baseball. Really, um, a lot of the kids that were on our on that that. specific team, like uh, yeah, I remember this guy Moisés Carlos. um, They got they went out because I kept on playing right, and then they kept were like the top players each time. But we all kind of sucked. I think we were like the last place team. But we were terrible. Yeah, I mean, what were the Cardinals? The Dodgers. Dodgers. We were the we were the Dodgers first, and then you you either first or I remember you were the Cardinals, but you were also on my Dodgers team too.
1: Okay, yeah, because I remember that famous photo where it, like we have our it's like the, our yeah. the name our last name yeah, yeah 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 yeah. But anyways, I also wanted to kind of you know briefly touch about the whole mindset thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, dude, it's gonna it, like you, we can't just get from where we were to finish high school, you know, and then of course, go to college, start businesses. If we had the same mindset, you know, you definitely cannot get anywhere like that. So yeah, give, give us some like context on what you had to go through with, with that. Oh
1: man, yeah, no, like I, like I mentioned before, school was a big struggle for me. I really, really had a hard time with it, but it wasn't honestly until uh, community college where I started kind of shift my mindset. And I think it comes from me kind of finding faith and like finding God. And that, like that really, really grounded me and kind of put things into perspective. Um, I feel like, yeah, of college, it was kind of that pivotal moment in my trajectory where I was like, you know what, maybe I should start taking myself seriously and like doing things that I would actually put me in a better course yeah. than, what I'm on right now, because obviously, like <clears throat> back then, I was like trying to be a cop. Yeah, and that, like I said, that was a vision for like five, six years, like consistently. But I, I was, I, I did pretty good in college. I wasn't a straight A student. Yeah. But if you compared my grades from high school, first of all, I don't even know how I graduated high <laughs> school. I really Would you have what's the GPA? I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone, you know, bribed the principal or something. I don't know how I graduated. <laughs> It was like two point two, something like that. I don't oh, know. Oh wow! But but were you trying though, or no? I was trying to the best of my abilities. Oh wow!
0: So, okay. but I, I
1: like I said, I I I got distracted very yeah. easily with homework. Um, I didn't have too much hop at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, college really, really, I I was like, all right, let's let's actually take this to the next level. And and yeah, I became studious af. And yeah, I started really loving to learn. Yeah. And um I remember at some point too, I was like dating this girl and she was huge on reading. And what's it called? I was like, dude, how do I get this girl to like me? And I started reading like random books and I would skim through them. And surprisingly, like I would retain all the freaking information. I was like, holy crap, this is what I needed. It's always, it's always girls. That <laughs> so, man. Yeah. And so that didn't <laughs> last too <laughs> long, book. but luckily what lasts long was my love for books. And yeah. so um, what, kind of, what then, kind of books were you reading? Oh man, I was reading a, a lot of novels because um, that's what she was into. But I, I started getting into business mindset, Um, entrepreneurship and so that's when i was like oh okay like this might be actually like what i can do and obviously photography was what i was doing as well so i was like maybe i can do this as an actual business and i started shifting my mindset so i become more entrepreneur and yeah that's kind of like how everything went about
0: what what do you remember a specific book that really made your mindset shift or change of like Oh, this is something I want to like start tapping into. Like, was it a, for me, it was like rich dad, poor dad. I just remember I read that book and forever my life was changed after that. I kind of saw things differently.
1: I think mine was a book by Carol Dweck. Um, it's called mindset, I believe. Oh yeah. But that book really, really helped me because it talked about how um, putting effort pretty consistently um, drives results. So it can be a little effort every single day, but as long as you're consistent, You'll see results.
0: It's all about the mindset, right? I, the mindset. I w- that that w- was interesting. That they that concept. I think I forget who it was that's really big on that. Tom Balio, I think the
1: Ooh, I'm CEO ready.
0: of Quest. Well, mm-hmm. he has like a big podcast, and his big thing is like growth mindset. About it's not about it's not even about the results right now. It's just about I can get better at this thing. So if you can get better at this thing, and you just put in enough time, enough consistent effort it's going to happen regardless. Yeah. So I was like, that That kind of opened me up too, because like, sometimes we feel so confined to time limits of like, oh, if I don't get this done in, I don't know, two years, if I don't graduate in college in four years, I'm not successful. But it's like, no, like, yeah, time is such a...
1: I think it's a dangerous thing. I think a lot of us, and, and it's natural, I feel like, for us to just kind of put our identity to the outcome of things. Uh, mostly all of us, you know, want to make more money, and we see you know, ourselves at a certain status and we become so obsessed with this outcome where our identity starts just becoming that. And if we don't reach it or we don't feel like we're moving closer to that, our identity starts to crumble. And we start to ask ourselves, man, am I good enough? Will I ever get there? But in reality, it's like the person who you are becoming to get there is actually more important than the outcome. So I think that's an important thing that we have to take in mind is just like really disassociating ourselves from the outcome, even though that is a vision, but like not being so obsessed with it.
0: Mm, That's really good tip right there. So it's kind of just chipping away a little bit at that best version of yourself, right? And not having too much pressure Mm -hmm. on getting it done.
1: Yeah. It's just like have the big picture in mind, but also like break it down into tiny steps. And kind of just focus on those tiny steps day by day, Dude, and eventually that outcome will come, right? Yeah. But you won't be you won't be so stressed out about like, oh damn, like I'm not there yet. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. What was like <laughs> one thing about your mindset that you really took you a lot of time, and maybe you're still are working on it now, like that that you like constantly have to you know change your thinking
1: on or something? <laughs> what I just said. Oh, is it that what it is? <laughs> what I just said. Yeah. I I think for me, I. I'm really comfortable and I I can truly say this now. I feel really comfortable with who I am and my identity, regardless of how much money I have in my bank account. But back then, like everything was uh, how I felt, how confident I felt. Everything was so intertwined with my bank account. Really? Where do you think that came from? I I mean, I I feel like it's normal. I feel like a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Right. And, um, but yeah, I can, I can shoot, I can be, have a negative account and I'll still feel good.
0: That is, well, that, I think that is like one of the most powerful things ever, because in reality, right. If you really, really think about it, your bank account, it's literally just something that you're looking at on your app. And it's like, it's kind of imaginary, man. Yeah. It's all like a, like an imaginary number that's there. And it's just a feeling that you get of like, Mm -hmm. oh shoot, now I got to work, but yeah it is crazy to think about. That's like a next level of thinking of probably what these um, like successful, really, really successful like business. Cause they, you know, it's about how much you can stomach this volatility of ups and downs. And mm-hmm. that's why I, I'm really, really interested in the entrepreneurial mindset and that style because it's like a life teacher too, right? Not only is it teaching you about business, but you're learning about life because you know, whether or not you get ups and downs, you're, you're still building towards that best, you know, person that yeah. you're trying to become. Yep. But man, I didn't know that. But but specifically, like something that that hit you was the the bank account. Where you're like, oh shoot, like it, it'd be. It, it...
1: Yeah, when it was low, man, I I'd be walking with my head down, you know, my tail between my legs, and I just like it was I almost like to like a depressive state, and it was really really bad. And you know, I would do a lot of self doubt. Um, but yeah, no, it's
0: just like. That's good. Cr- you know, it's actually not as common as you think. You know why? this? Mm-hmm. So I, I've been a loan officer for the past three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do I do for a living? I look at people's credit reports. Mm-hmm. I look at people's income. So there's a lot of people who have no problem walking around with fifty, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars 100000 $200,000 worth of debt, whether that's student loans. And they're still trying to get more loans to buy more cars. And this is a common thing. That's crazy. So it's not... That's actually, I think, could be a strength of yours Mm -hmm. that you recognize that it's not, you know, it's something that you need to work on. Obviously, you don't want to have a bad mindset about it, but I think it's something you want to be aware of because so many people, they suppress it and they're just like, "Ah, I'll
1: figure it out later. And it's just like compounds i, I think there's extremes to everything obviously yeah. what i just said if you take that to the negative like <laughs> obviously you're going to take on all these that you're be like oh i'm chilling that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like don't let your identity be so fixed on your oh, bank account yeah. obviously you can look at your bank account and have perspective like hmm maybe like i need to cut back on some expenses yeah. maybe i need to you know get a side hustle to pay for this yeah but don't see don't be so obsessed with it you know what i mean because yes, that yes. really really messes with your partner. no i think you're exactly yeah.
0: right it's it's all about Having a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. it, right? And so that's what you you. It, it seems like you've grown into of like you have a healthy relationship or working on a healthy relationship with that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you really had to work on for your mindset to help you get to the next level in, in different parts of your life? Like whether that was because now you're what you you moved to LA, you're yeah. you know living in an apartment, you're married. Yep. These are like a lot of big life accomplishments. Was there anything else that you like you know had to work on in, in that aspect? <sighs>
1: As far as mindset goes, mindset or anything, I think it's honestly, just an ongoing thing. I, th- I think there's like little every season, something comes up where it challenges my mindset, challenges my discipline, who I am as a person, and it's just like it's just an ongoing thing. I don't think I, you know it's just always gonna yeah, you're just so it's just always gonna be there
0: looking for improvement. Yeah, no, that's but, good. Yeah, man. So if um like if you were to look back at your Past self, like in you know whether you were in high school, like what would you tell your, what kind of advice would you tell yourself back then to to do?
1: That's a great question. Oh man, put me on the spot. Yeah, man, this is yeah, it. We come with the bangers here, man. <laughs> uh, I think. If I was like standing next to yeah, younger like, me and I yeah, was you just like, go okay. open the
0: door real quick, you see him playing on the computers and he's like, Oh, what's up? And you're just like, what, what would you tell him to do? Like now that you have more experience and you've lived through a little bit more,
1: this one's kind of hard to say because I do feel like, and for the longest time I feel like I had this like regret or thought process that I, I wanted for myself back then. And it was, I got into the creative space and as being a photographer, but I wanted to get more into like, you know, like, like getting into the film industry or or like, just like being in the creative space. And I think that kind of put me back a little bit because I feel like if I would have gotten more into the business, like, like business side of things and taking it like more serious, I feel like I'd be in a different place now. But I say it's tricky because I think that in retrospect, that whole season taught me a lot. Um, but I think I would say don't waste too much time on things that are, like, superficial and that don't really fulfill you. Mm. Because I think that I was doing a lot of things to try to be hipster and cool back then. Yeah. And even though I knew that that wasn't really mine my my nature yeah so i was pretending for a very long time when i could have listened to my dad like freaking 10 years ago and he ever he's always told me get your real estate license gary i'm like no i'm not gonna be like you here i am so if i would have listened to him i would have just been more experienced by now but it, it's hard to say because obviously in retrospect right things happen for a reason yes but i think that's i think that's what i would tell my younger self just like maybe don't be so obsessed with pleasing other people or trying to stand out so
0: maybe like building more confidence in yourself for sure learning more about yourself and being okay with your own skin and liking absolutely liking the things that you like right yep that's like man that's i got goosebumps right now because i think like i'm constantly working on that with doing this it feels weird it's like you're like what are people going to think? Oh, like who do you think you are? You're like, you can't give advice or whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm just doing what, what feels right. Mm -hmm. You know? And sometimes like that, at the end of the day, that's more powerful than millions of dollars in the bank, bro.
1: Right. A thousand percent. And that's, uh, I don't know if you've, if you've read the wealthy way by Ryan Pineda. I haven't. Such a great book. It actually talks about that. How we sometimes, where are we at with time, by the way? I have no idea. I don't know. One fifty three. I mean, twelve fifty three. Okay, we're good. Um, it talks about how most of us think being wealthy means having a lot of money and being well off, not have to worry about finances. Yeah. But he talks about how a lot of people that he knows that have tons of money, but they're going their their marriages in shambles. Uh, they're doing drugs. They're partying here, like left and yeah. right, and that's not really living. Right, that's being wealthy. Being wealthy is having like a solid group of friends, having family in your corner, having your wife or your partner, whoever like that loves you and like it supports you. Those things matter more than money, right? And I think that is true wealth. And I think that's something that I constantly have to remind myself because I do struggle sometimes with like, you know, wanting more. And 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 I'm very competitive by nature. Um and I'm think comes from sports, but yeah. I'm always trying to see how much more I can improve, but then I have to kind of remind myself constantly, hey, hey slow down, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you already are wealthy. Yeah. You're just trying to gain a little bit more a little piece of what wealth means. But you are already wealthy. You have a roof over your head, freaking pedic mattress, come on. Yeah, you
0: got <laughs> like, Tesla outside. Yeah, I got like- a Tesla. No. Yeah. You forget, you know, cause we become so accustomed to just what are living. And we're just like, we forget to be grateful of like, yeah. hey, we're still alive. We're still, you know, doing these things. And that's, and that's exactly why I think I really wanted to start this podcast too, is because especially where, where we're at in, in our, um, in the areas that you live, right. So in, in near Beverly Hills, a lot of it's just attributed to just money and status, yeah. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. But they don't understand that, you know, there's wealth in other ways that, and they don't – I mean, sometimes people don't – they learn it when it's too late, right? Like, they've got no relationships. You yeah. just said it. Sometimes the marriage is in shambles. Yeah. So, that's, I think, the strength that we have of not coming from that. Yeah. That we have the chance to develop those yep. other um, gaps. So, 100%, yeah. 100 percent. Yep. So, good. So, we went deep in. We got – man, I've been getting like <laughs> – bringing me back all these memories, bro. But uh, now looking forward, right? So, what's, what's the – What's the ideal? Well, where where do you want to see yourself? and, And you know, let's not put a time limit on it, but just in the future, like what what do you want to become? I like that.
1: Um, I think I want to walk my life with absolute gratitude, like literally, like day by day, just being grateful and living true, like truly happy. You know, regardless of what my circumstances may be. Obviously, superficially and materialistically, I want to have money enough for me to support my family invest into my friends most of my friends have business ideas i would love to support them yeah um and uh yeah i i i'm a little claustrophobic so i love the idea of having a big ass house um instead of a little apartment but i i think i want a, a big house um i'm not really big into cars i think i'm pretty happy with my Tesla.
0: yeah well, I'm up to Tesla, man. Like, yeah. No, but I get you. You don't need to have no Lambos or crazy stuff.
1: I don't even know if I answer your question. I think just living life with gratitude. Living with and, gratitude. And continuing to work towards my vision. Yeah. But not being so...
0: What's the vision?
1: Um, I think tapping uh, as, a, as an agent, tapping into the luxury space and then truly, truly being an expert and actually helping people like not just be focused on the money, but actually like helping people. Um, I love connecting with people. So it would be really cool that once I'm in the luxury space, I can start connecting with people globally. Um, there's a couple of realtors that I follow and they're just like constantly traveling. Most of their deals come from like outside of the United States. So fascinating to me. I think that's really cool.
0: What do you like about luxury though?
1: I love the luxury space because it comes with a mindset, right? So if you took, Little Hugo back in La Pointe, Hussein the highest La Points, and put him into a space that was luxury. He wouldn't understand it. He wouldn't. I still don't get it. So, like, what, what? Uh, it, it, okay, so, so, if I gave, you know, an average Joe, right, two million dollars, do you think that he would be able to multiply, or you think he would go Not and begun. and and waste yeah. it on that? That to me is what what luxury means. It means. Being able to be in this space, but being so intelligent where you can invest the money and not lose it—it it comes mm-hmm. with a mindset. It's I mean, a mindset thing. See,
0: because that that word luxury, I think, brings about different connotations to different people. Yeah. To me, it has a—I have a bad connotation with it, which is a bad relationship too. Of just, I attribute that with like unrelatable people that are snobby and you know rude and and just mm-hmm. care about themselves. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It yeah. is when you're buying something that's luxury you're you're buying something that's of good quality right, right?
1: and it comes with status right and, and unfortunately like you got to play the game you know if you, if you if you if you really want it and and sometimes that means being shallow a little bit it, uh, don't let it compromise your your character but I, there's this great novel that I, I i absolutely love it's called the red rising yeah and it follows this um this protagonist antagonist Protagonist is the main guy, right? But, Antagonist uh, uh, is the uh, is the rival. Protag- protagonist, and uh, he he and this takes place like in outer space. It's like this whole hierarchy that's takes takes place in different planets and whatever. He's from Mars, and he's a he's a what you, what you would call a blue collar worker. Mm-hmm. But um, what's it called? He works his way all the way up to the elites. But his whole thing is that. He's faking it and being one of them in order to change the system within so that he can help his own race. And so, like, I feel like I'm kind of in a similar path where I have to really fake it until I make it in order to change my whole lineage, like my kids, my grandkids. Like, yeah, I what I'm doing, what you and I are doing today is changing the course of their lives, even though we can't see it.
0: Yeah, I but agree. like,
1: if if I am to get into this luxury space, like I said, like I can truly like change their whole mindset, teach them things that like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to. That's so powerful.
0: But I also think too, besides you helping out your, your kids and family, I think what a very strong suit that you're going to have is perspective. Mm. Cause you can play the game of the luxury space, but at the same time, when they get to know who you truly are, they're going to be like, Whoa, you know, there's so much more, been just that superficial exactly and that's and that'll uh that goes back to our title more than the numbers guys <laughs> see yep. it all it all relates back perfect ending but but uh, yeah man this was an amazing show bro I, i'm really <laughs> happy you came on and and so and thank you for being so supportive Absolutely. with Absolutely. not only this but like just you know we have our continuous networking events yeah meetups and I, yep. you're offering to help with the editing on this thing too yep. so we're going to keep growing, bro. We're going to keep killing it, man. One
1: of many. Yeah. One of many. And I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, this is really cool that you're, you're taking this whole project on. I know it can be, you know, full of fear and, like, obstacles. Yeah. But, I mean, just stay at it. Stay consistent. We'll keep going, man. Yeah. So,
0: like and subscribe. Five stars, you guys. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be it. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> cool, cool, man. man.